Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the first back half of 2018. I'm New Statesman Culture Editor Tom Gatti. I am Kate Mossman, New Statesman's Arts Editor. Our last offering to you was, was just before the Christmas holidays when I fled the office, partly because I wanted to go on holiday and partly because I knew that Kate and Helen were plotting a special podcast on serial killers, which is a subject I had absolutely no interest in. But I listened to it just last week, and um, it's worrying in <laughs> its depth of knowledge. Um, Helen, um, Helen was kind of tempering my ghoulish interest with some scientific fact. Or... It, it, it is genuinely, genuinely fascinating. I, I recommend you listen to it. It did feel like an audition for a TV show that you, you guys might, might host. Yeah, I, I did want to ask, what's your favourite serial killer? But I changed it to most interesting serial killer, because I thought that's slightly more tasteful. But, you know, we didn't even get onto John Wayne Gacy. So That's a classic journalistic trick. Most interesting is <laughs> sort of favourite. Favourite is so low rent. New Year's resolutions, do you have any? Mm, no. What about you? I decided to stop making New Year's resolutions a few years ago because they just make you feel worse. I completely agree. There was um, just one that was going around Twitter that I quite liked, which was Virginia Woolf in at some point in the in the 30s. Um, Here are my resolutions for the next three months, the next lap of the year. To have none, not to be mm. tied, to be free and kindly with myself, not goading it to parties, to sit rather privately reading in the studio, to make a good job of the waves, admittedly that's less universally applicable, to stop irritation by the assurance that nothing is worth irritation, sometimes to read, sometimes not to read, to go out, yes, but stay at home in spite of being asked, as for clothes, to buy good ones. She's got it so, she just hit the nail on the head because the problem with New Year's resolutions, everyone makes negative ones to punish themselves. Don't drink, you know, lose weight, all this kind of thing. You have to set nice things mm. that you're going to enjoy mm. and that will give you a bit more fun and then you'll actually do them. Yeah, I, mine are things like watch more films. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always used to have read more newspapers when I was a kid, but that never happened. So I kind of gave up everything and now I just have, you know, don't beat yourself up about yeah. things, basically. Yeah. Um, and watch more um, long-form television, long -form like McMafia. Right, which brings us neatly on to today's podcast, because we are going to be talking about McMafia, the um, glossy new BBC series. 
We're also going to be talking about a book that's reviewed in, in this week's New Statesman called Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. And we've got our first non-aversary of the new year. So stay tuned. So Kate McMafia, this is began on New Year's Day and is, is sort of, I guess, the closest this week has to a, a water cooler television mm. moment in that I've, I've heard lots of conversations around the, around the office about it. It's based on a, a non-fiction book by Misha Glennie from about 10 years ago about crime, organised crime in the globalised world. And it's amazing that it was 10 years ago. Yeah, So long before Robbie Williams' Party Like a Russian. <laughs> it just feels like it was quite... Is that know, your yardstick? That's for... my yardstick for how the... <laughs> <laughs> Russians in Britain behaved. Just Robbie Williams. It also the descriptions of it by according to one of the directors really put me off. It's a state of the nation treatise on globalization masquerading as a slick thriller. That just sounds like the worst kind of, you know, you know those sort of global TV shows where you have an opening scene in Paris and the next one's like an exploding oil well in Iraq or something mm. like that. And they can be quite um soulless i think when you're trying to pack in so many locations and they always have these square jawed good guys that look like they've stepped off perfume ads it's the kind of daniel craig bond element yeah but it's not like that it, it's actually very i don't know i found it very affecting mm. and and quite condensed and quite close and quite gripping in a way what, what did you think yeah i agree i mean i think they've they've done the i mean it's an odd thing to adapt because the book is is a very sprawling, you know, reportage from all over the world. But they've done the right thing, which is to um, to funnel it down into into one character, really. Um, so, um, if you haven't started watching it yet, uh, James Norton plays Alex Godman, um, who is the uh, son of a um, wealthy Russian family who have uh, fled Russia. Um, I don't know, twenty years ago, something like that. In in a sort of um, cloud of I don't know, bad, bad feeling. Yeah, they'd been like, they'd their been, business had been requisitioned yeah, basically been, by some other... They'd sort of been expelled, hadn't they? Yeah, um, and he was sent to public school in the UK. And he has this really rude insistence on talking to his dad in English whenever his dad talks to him in Russian, which is amazing. Yeah. So he just, like, I, I don't know if any kid could sustain that level of rudeness with their parent, just refuses to engage in the Russian language. It, it's very handy for the show, though. Because yeah. it means that you don't have too many subtitles. And they're real Russian parents <laughs> yeah. as well. They're actually, So this is almost like globalisation in television itself. Mm. It's a kind of multinational project with Russians playing Russians, which is a great thing. And they brought apparently they brought them in to, in order to avoid terrible cliches and character stereotyping. So that whenever something was done that a Russian wouldn't really do, the actor would say, hang on a minute, I'm not going to say that. I'm not gonna y- do that. Yes, and um, uh, Rachel Cook mentions that in her, her review in the magazine this week. And I think it really works because... There is just there's just no excuse now, is there, for people doing silly accents? I think. <laughs> um, the story is really Alex Godman starting off as a very upstanding. He he manages a investment fund, but it's a very above board one. You know, it's a small fund, very ethical, transparent, very transparent. Yeah, his uncle uh, gets killed, and then that is the is the sort of event that gradually gets him more and more embroiled in in this world of um, of international mobsters and, and uh, long-standing rivalries. And the idea, of course, behind McMafia being that the sort of clean commercial face of organised crime 
you know, if you want to literally get rid of your opponents, you just price them out of the market by selling your Coke or your heroin a lot cheaper and being more present like McDonald's. Um, and it's funny that, it's, I don't know about you, but I thought the, the comparison um, being made between we need to be like Burger King and we need to have more Burger Kings to price McDonald's out of the market. I thought that was a bit of a funny one, considering that Burger King has been like way down the dumper for years. Yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> it just work. Doesn't work does it it yeah. should have been like, we should be Costa over Starbucks. And yeah. Then, but yeah. you know, maybe this is one way in which they hadn't updated it in the last decade. <laughs> Poor old Burger King's gone from the high street practically. <laughs> It's the idea of the your war being fought by moving money, basically, isn't it? And um, and there are a couple of reasons why this show works. I think one is is that they've centered it in this character of Alex Godman and and his his conflict. And initially in the first episode, I thought, God, this is just going to be too much of a sort of character U turn for him. I could see that he was going to you know get involved in in the crime aspect, but I thought it's just he's so clean cut it's just going to be it's going to be too much of a stretch but they're quite convincing in how they show how how that can happen and i know that misha glennie has said that um you know in terms of the the people he's interviewed over the years you know they're not straight out and out gangsters a lot of them people do get embroiled to people do get slowly sucked into this world in fact his book starts with a um i'm not going to try and retell the anecdotes it's too too long-winded, but his book starts with a brilliant scene, um, which I was hoping they'd use it in the in the show. But I guess it's from a kind of different narrative altogether, of a um, woman going to answer her door um, in in Woking, which is a town very near where I grew up, like a very bland commuter town. Um, woman going to answer her door for a pizza delivery. In fact, they do they they do transpose that there is a pizza delivery. Um, is there? Is there? No, there isn't. <laughs> this is tw- Maybe there will is, be. It's eight episodes is, long. No. That's in Black Mirror, which I also <laughs> watched last week. Oh, no, God. but I know what you mean. Kill, because- me, kill me now. Anyway, she answers the door and is shot by a Russian hitman. And then he goes on to show how, um, how this very normal middle-class woman living in Woking could have got sucked into this world. But so, I like the way all the way through it, it sort of, Rachel makes this point in her review as well, that it, it, it it shows you the kind of the way in that the, these criminal activities actually meet you. Mm. So you've got your your check cashing places, you've got your yeah. knockoff bags being sold on yeah. the Rialto Bridge, you've got your um, crappy sort of nightclub drug stuff, and then obviously the darker side of it, the sex trafficking as well. So you see the kind of um, sort of naff ways in which it kind of manifests itself in your everyday commercial interactions mm. and what what I thought was effective about it as well you're just saying that these these aren't necessarily violent people is that really a lot of the the sort of proper crooks that we're looking at the Kleiman character and mm. Vadim the big sort of opponents of of Alex or the or the partners they're sort of bumbling they get this money off him and then kind of deals don't work out they yeah. go to India and they kind of you know, Prague, and they get made a slight fool of and everything. Yeah. So individually, and, you know, Vadim being the, the big sort of uh, the kingpin, the Russian kingpin, he's lonely. He's he's had a dog named after him. He's yeah. so insulted by that, he goes and requisitions the dog and takes it home. He's only got his daughter for company. And you sort of think these people are, are fairly harmless, actually, on a, a day-to-day level. And then, of course, when you see them actually 
use physical violence, it's a real shock. And you get reminded that there is this kind of edge that they cross over in order to be able to do this sort of thing. I guess that's what's so good about um, a show like The Sopranos as well, where, you know, you see a character like Tony Soprano in the in the domestic sphere and he's a kind of um, struggling dad, you know, failing husband, you know, with so many sort of normal anxieties and problems. Um, and then you see him beat someone's head in with a with a with an iron bar you know at the yeah. next episode it's it's um it's joining the dots between those two um those two states which which this show does, does and I like pretty yeah well. I like the reversal of the kind of the cliche of the power the all-powerful father as well that um Alex's dad in this is kind of you know swigging vodka out of a, a little old water bottle and feeding the ducks every day mm. in in Kensington Gardens and it's sort of this impotent image of this this dad that obviously has had tremendous power in the past and is now just kind of washed up. So. I love the line it is quite a good script it's written or co-written by the guy who wrote Drive the Ryan Gosling um, oh, film cool. based on the James, James Salis book that reminds me of a line I really loved in it where um, the mother says of, of her husband you know, he's like a lion who's lost his hair. Yeah. And, and Alex goes, Ma- you mean Maine. You mean Maine, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, well, but when, he's, right. when he's found out to be having an affair and the mother goes to confront the woman that he's having an affair with and basically says, you know, you can have him, but you've got to have all of him. You've got to be cleaning up his vomit. You've got to be listening to him complain. And when he grows old, which is not too far from now, you will wipe his ass with a Kleenex. Yeah, I love that too. <laughs> She I, looks like Catherine Deneuve. She's some so she's popular great, actress actually, from, isn't she? from Russia. She's great. And the Russian the Russian actors are particularly good. And the uncle who, um, I, I guess it's a spoiler alert, but he, I'm afraid he does get killed in the first episode. He particularly is very good at treading that line, that kind of unpredictable line of being charming and trustworthy and part of the family and just having an edge of, you know, you're not quite sure which way he's going to, which way he's going to swing and, and just what he's involved with um, but very briefly I like what you say about how sweet Vadim is in a way and, and um, I think it's in the first or second episode but there's even a shot of the father in London staring out I think he's, they live opposite like Harrods or something. I think you can see Harrods in the distance and, and Vadim in Moscow and they're both sort of standing on their rooftops smoking and it's almost like a sort of I don't know something from Sleeps in Seattle or something yeah. they're like lovers across the continent but it really, you know? these, these kind of things I mean they, they, he was asked oh, does this not you know um, glamorise crime and he said crime is glamorous yeah. you know, yeah. obviously we all watch yeah. these things because we find it terribly glamorous it's almost like a, a version of, of Downton it's just watching mm. how the rich live in a different setting at the same time the 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 horrible loneliness and, and relentlessness of that kind of rich life always mm. gets me with these things. The fact that, you know, someone's sitting next to an amazing tropical pool somewhere on a sun lounger, but having to make constant mobile phone calls to get somebody killed. That is not fun. I don't want to be that person with my sex slave next to me and my, you know, my like nice cocktail. Yeah, you can't but... stick me out of office on, can you? <laughs> <laughs> it's relentless. The, we do have, Tom and I both have a bit of a problem we with the character. We have a problem the character of Alex's girlfriend, who seems to have been given no lines <laughs> by the scriptwriters. And how does she deal with this lack of lines? She uses a, a facial expression involving <laughs> the, uh, the sort of symmetrical upturn of both sides of her mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's extraordinary. So um, Juliet Rylance, um, who happens to be Mark Rylance's stepdaughter, I mean, I've got a lot of sympathy for her because this part is, I mean... A non-part. I don't know what, I don't know what they're thinking. So, so she's, 
while her boyfriend gets more and more embroiled in this thing, you know, it's the classic cliched relationship of he's on the phone and she says, oh, what, what was that, darling? And he, and he just says, oh, it was work. Don't worry about it. And he's obviously going down some rabbit hole with this. And, you know, if we're supposed to believe this, it really doesn't help that she happens to be literally an expert in ethical banking and ethical <laughs> capitalism. So she knows exactly she's the really business high he's doing. Up yeah. in the banking yeah. world. She's really smart, yeah. but she spends most of her time drinking white wine and fiddling with his lapel yeah. and doing a smile that gets you know, increasingly extreme as the episodes progress, that the more and more what she's shown is obviously a bad situation with dark things going on to the surface. The more she sort of upturns her face and smiles and looks at the sun and wears, you know, increasingly nice evening dresses. And it's I know that these these things are classic for having very few good parts for women in them because it's always a male world and stuff, but they don't have to be this stupid with it. I don't know where this is going to go, but maybe she will turn and become a complete genius and save the day. I mean, we've only seen three episodes. You really hope there's some proper arc for her because, yeah, by the third episode, she's literally in kind of hello trees, hello sky, Yeah, land. I have <laughs> seen some bit of a trailer that has her saying to Alex, I don't think you're telling me everything. <laughs> so maybe that's, maybe that's the beginning of the reversal for her. The only other things I find a bit uh, unconvincing with this, and as you say, by and large, it is kind of generally feels much more real than a lot of, uh, a lot of these sorts of shows is um, um, people seem to manage to change the SIM card in their <laughs> iPhone incredibly quickly. <laughs> My experience, this involves a pin. You know, you need a very, you need it to be in a very well lit place. Um, it's a lot of fiddling about, usually some swearing, and they just they just knock the side of their yeah, phone yeah. and it drops out, don't they? This is this was made um, sort of how how did this work? Because this is BBC production, mm. but it's it's subscription television. So this is a deal with was it Amazon so, Prime? That so it's a co-production with um, AMC, uh, the American network who did things like The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, and Mad Men. So they're going to broadcast it in the US. Um, the BBC are obviously broadcasting it in the UK. And then it, it's going on Amazon Prime for everything else in perpetuity or for, for however long. So it is a, you know, again, as Rachel points out in her piece, you know, it is an attempt by the BBC to step up to that game of these, these um, glossy, um, long-running Netflix Netflix shows, and presumably that's partly why they've made it eight parts. Whereas BBC things tend to clock in around four or six. Mm. Um, I read an interview with the directors, and they said like we haven't even started on Africa yet. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be like the second season. I think no, don't don't go too far. So they really they really you, hope it's going to run and run. Yeah, and you can't have like fifteen countries at once because then it just genuinely gets confusing. Even James Bond films used to limit themselves to sort of two or three locations. Mm. And then you remember, ah, oh, that's the one that's set in Hawaii. That's the one that's set in, you know. But obviously there was always a Russian element. So mm. this is a continuation of that old Cold War kind of trope, I suppose. They do said the word trope. Ooh. Trope. Trope is a good I hate word. The word trope. <laughs> Zoeotrope. <laughs> the other thing they make uh, good good mileage out of is uh, the dramatic mouse click, which I'm, yes. a, I'm a fan of that as a trope. <laughs> yes, when he's um, first making his transfer of one billion dollars. <laughs> the index finger hovers over the left button and down it goes. I think we can all sort of, we can all sympathise with that. You he know. has a rather better female character in his office continually saying, are you all yeah. right? You haven't given me the details of what you're doing at the moment. Yeah. Where's the money going? <laughs> yeah. 
and he's just sitting there clicking clicking his mouse on increasingly <laughs> large figures. So the first two episodes were this week, and after that, it's weekly and it's yeah running for for eight weeks. I think I'll continue watching. Yeah, I think so. I I, I want to see what happens to to the girlfriend's personality. Yeah, and there's this inevitable, slightly trumped up speculation of um, James Norton, who who's very good. He plays Alex Godman, um because it's a British man swanning around in a, in a sharp <laughs> suit. Will he be the next James Bond? <laughs> Probably not, but Probably not, he, is, he is very good. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In this week's New Statesman, we've reviewed a, a book, or rather um, our writer Kit Kales has, has reviewed a book called Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. Actually, it's got a terrific subtitle, which I should, should read out in full. Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, the untold story of Wu-Tang Clan's million-dollar secret album, The Devaluation of Music, and America's New Public Enemy Number 1, which sort of ticks all the boxes yeah, actually yeah. We, we probably just don't need the, to say anything read the, read the cover this is from one corporate criminal to another isn't yeah it? oh yeah. very good i've missed that link um <laughs> the most hated man in america yeah farmer bro this guy's this guy's nickname was martin shkreli i should probably uh just backtrack a little bit so this is a book about the wu-tang clan american hip-hop group who emerged in the 90s from from staten island in new york a kind of big collective who released a couple of really stellar albums in the 90s who had a very distinctive style basically based on sort of martial arts so they they named themselves after a 1983 hong kong martial arts film shaolin and wu-tang and i loved this music as a teenager i still do and one of the things that's so brilliant about it is it's like a sort of tarantino film or something it kind of creates its own world so instead of the sort of tedious kind of world of other gangster rappers at the at the time which was all kind of gunshots in the background of the tracks these guys had like the sound of sword fights and things <laughs> like it's kind of it just was it was just was something very very different very very different at the time did you ever see the the <clears throat> painting that um 
Rizzo got done of, you know, the famous painting, Washington Crossing the Delaware? Yeah. He got himself replacing Washington. Yes. Yeah, it was brilliant. brilliant. These kind of massively wonderful, hubristic things yeah. that they do. And in 2015, they made an album, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. But the point was, it would be released just as a single copy, encased in a high security silver box, and it would be available to just one person via an auction. So this was like possibly looking at the idea of how music had become devalued mm. and what what price are you going to place in this? This mm. is like this is like streets ahead of you know Tom York's pay what you will. Idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> many many years later, and um, it all went horribly wrong, didn't it? There were a couple of little criteria attached to this. One of which, if you buy it, you can't make it available to the public for eighty eight years because they love the number eight. Number eight has some mystical significance, and allegedly there was a special clause stating that either the Wu-Tang or Bill Murray could make an attempt to break into the purchaser's home and steal it back at any point. Um, <laughs> and basically, unfortunately, the guy who bought it was yes. an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was this, uh, Martin Shkreli, the most hated man in America, who who was responsible for raising the price of the AIDS drug, Daraprim, is, it, is that how we pronounce yeah. it? From $13.50 per pill to $750 and so this obviously made him extremely unpopular. And what was his point? I mean, you know, he defended it to show that, oh, this is how drug economics works. Somebody needs to do this. I don't know what his thinking was, but I think that's the, how he made his money. Yeah, I mean, the more you read about this guy, the, the more he just seems a, a kind of con artist and, and borderline psycho. Um, when he was convicted of fraud in um, August of 2017, and I don't know whether it was to do with the AIDS drugs or, or some, he's got loads of like dodgy activities going on. But then, you know, while this was still going on, he put a thing up um, online offering a bounty for Hillary Clinton's hair, <laughs> you know, which is incitement to commit crime in itself. So it's obviously he was, he was, he was hauled up for that. So yeah, the, unfortunately, whatever um, great statement the Wu-Tang were hoping to make with this album, it ended up being, um, submerged in in basically this uh, horrible character Shkreli, and um, he ended up selling selling it on on eBay. Anyway. <laughs> after after having taunted them with messages like, "I haven't even listened to it actually," yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this this book is a sort of strangely written book and 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 of this kind of unfortunate purchase it says this was not just calamitous this was calamity walking into a bar sweet talking catastrophe getting really drunk together smoking some crack and punching fiasco in the face <laughs> I, I think that's that's kind of um representative of the of the style the book's written in so it's very very fun but um, the story writes itself yeah really, it, it, it? It, uh, um, it might get a bit much after a while um, yeah, when he's describing RZA and Silver Rings, who's the Wu-Tang affiliate producer and rapper who kind of um, came up with the project in, in the first place, um, he's describing them in, in Egypt on horseback. And he's, he says, it was like a cross between Indiana Wu and Lawrence of Shaolin. <laughs> <laughs> there's one, there's one um, thing that I think is quite interesting about this, this process, which is that um, someone described it as being the commission system in reverse. So instead of receiving a commission and creating a work, the artist creates the work and then commissions a buyer, um, mm. which is kind of quite an interesting idea. And he, you said he's sold it now. So this he's is something the book sold gets it wrong. Because at the end, well, he's well, in the, prison for fraud. Yeah, I mean, the book, unfortunately, the story is just, you know, run ahead of the book, right, basically. Yeah. So the book will need to be updated for the next edition. 
And whether these kind of criteria restrictions will apply to the person who bought it on eBay, I'm guessing not. So, you know, is, That's that, true. is the whole thing going to get leaked now? Unless he can put his own restrictions on it. Yeah, maybe. Um, but um, God knows what the, what, what the Wu-Tang Clan think of this. Are they just sitting at home chuckling or are they enraged by the fact that they're um, their statement has been diluted. I know they're fairly um, annoyed with Shkreli and in their their album, which came out in October, um, he, he pops up like in st- the third or fourth track. Hater, wouldn't last a day in my shoes, you know very well. Bet he swell, you can tell he gel. My price hiking like the pills Martin Shkreli sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Shkreli's like, he's failed on this one because he bought it for two million and he sold it for one million, right? So. And- his time as a great drug dealer is over. Even our limited financial expertise would, would suggest yeah, that that's we don't not a great deal. don't need to be Alex Godman <laughs> to see that that is not a particularly good return. Anyway, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin by Cyrus Bozogmer is published by uh, Jacaranda Books in the UK. This is the um, time for the, the first non-anniversary of 2018. So how long ago is 1984? 28 years. 28 years. Okay, so about 28 years ago, in fact, no, exactly 28 years ago, Paul McCartney's The Pipes of Peace was number one in the UK. This was one of those slightly sad songs that was actually released for the Christmas market. And it was kept off number one by... uh, only You by the Flying Pickets. And it kind of crawled up the charts on about January the 8th, 1984, it became number one for two weeks. So we thought we would celebrate the Pipes of Peace today. I wasn't sure if I'd actually ever heard the Pipes of Peace, mm. which is a weird admission to make, but um, it did seem vaguely familiar. But but it's not a memorable tune, no, is it? Which it's is not. Po- I mean, it's an amazing achievement that it got to number one. I think it was his, it was his first solo number one because the other ones were Wings and obviously the Beatles. Yeah, and apparently his only solo mm, number one. Yeah, is that, is maybe that true? people people got the message for the pipes <laughs> of peace. The video is the important thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, the video is is extraordinary. Um, it's shot in Chobham Common, um, and I think it does actually look shot in Chobham Common to, mm. in, in, to some way. But anyway, Chobham Common doubles um, for the the Western Front, I guess, right? Um, the, the the trenches in, in the First World War and No Man's Land and um, it recreates the the famous um, fo- Christmas Day football match between the German and British soldiers um, in in No Man's Land and um, Paul McCartney decided to give himself obviously a role in this um, um, so what 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 did he do His role is um, he has two roles he mm. plays a a young a British private and a young German private meeting across the trenches, um, not engaging in the football, but exchanging uh, photographs and showing each other their loves back home and letters like that. The The British one looks like Paul McCartney. The German one has his hair dyed blonde and he has little blonde moustache. Um, and apart from that, it's just the same face. Um, the most interesting thing to me is that, you know, a big shell goes off and everyone scatters and the football breaks up. Yeah. The British one runs back to his trench. And the first thing he does when he gets back in his trench is he has a nap. Yeah, he's, he like snuggles down with a he little smile down. on his face. I mean, it's not quite Juliet Rylance, but he's, got, he's definitely got a, a grin on his face. He's got a warm glow yeah. from his meeting with the, with the enemy. I just love the idea that um, 
peace could be achieved by Paul McCartney shaking hands with himself. <laughs> that, that, that's, the, that's the end goal. We just, we just love this video because it, it couldn't happen. Now, I mean, the, the Christmas ad that Sainsbury's brought out two or three years ago that recreated the truce and had some soldiers sharing chocolate was it was so so horrified the nation there were hundreds and hundreds of complaints yeah. to the the advertising standards authority and it was withdrawn because it was seen as being terribly distasteful because it was using to sell chocolate this i suppose is not really selling anything apart from paul yeah. but um it's just a wonderful piece of history maybe that, pipes maybe it's selling pipes maybe it's selling pipes <laughs> Anyway, happy 24th. No, did you say 24th? Uh, tw no, 27th. 20, 27th. Yeah, and here's wishing all our all our listeners the, the pipes of peace for 2018. Very nice, very nice. That gives me a warm glow. We have been the back half. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast. We're edited by Caroline Crampton. Do get in touch on Twitter. You can you can find us there, or some of us there. Give us some non-anniversary suggestions. Mm. And we'll see you hopefully next week with something else. And we, we start the year like we started the old year, with um, a blast of Godspeed by the Japanese supergroup Pistol Jazz. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.